Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility, and from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, You Break I Fix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools? It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break I Fix. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, D-Gen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. This week for some golf tournament, I have no idea what the name is. There's so many names for this golf tournament. I have no idea. WGC Concession, Workday, Mexico, crazy shit golf tournament that we have this week. But we're here for it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good podcast. Of course, I'm here with Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how you doing this week? Oh, I'm not everybody's favorite Canadian anymore, Kenny. Jeez, come on. This is too many names to mix in. I get it, right? That's the problem. But no, I'm excited, man. It was a good week. We're going to talk about that. Going to get into it here. Got a lot to go through. Before we get into it, guys, just want to remind you quickly, this podcast is brought to you and sponsored by rotogrinders.com. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGEN. Get yourself 10 bucks off your first month. Get all access to everything we're doing over there. I got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I'll repeat it at the end of the show. And I'll also tell you guys about scores and odds as well when we get to the betting segment. But yeah, Kenny, another great week. Uh, nobody wanted to win this thing, but it was exciting because it was Homa, who we all follow on Twitter and see all his stuff, listen to his content, things that he does. And then 
Fino, the other guy. And it was funny because just a couple of weeks ago, I think it was myself and Feinberg talking about it on Twitter back and forth about the mental game of these two. And, and you know, how Hatton or sorry, I'm thinking about this week, Hatton, how Homa's one way and how Fino's the other. And it's sure enough, the battle of the minds and, and Homa even brought up the mental game at the end of it as well. And things he's been working on and talking to his wife about and everything. So good for him. It was really tough. Uh, you know, I was cheering for both sides, but another one of those great events. And, uh, you know, man, the season's been awesome the way it started. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, the wife thing was pretty cool. I guess if you haven't heard that his wife called him after he missed that three-foot putt on 18 and told him something like, forgive quickly or something like that. Yeah, it's like his it. slogan now, right? So I guess that's one of the good things about having a wife. Like if my boys called me or something, like in between, I'd be like, you fucking moron. What the fuck is wrong with you? You fucking idiot. You should have made that putt. So I guess that's one benefit of marriage right there because it did seem to help me calm down. I mean, the thing about it is like, a little bit of luck involved, of course, with Homa because on that shot, on the first tee shot on 10 in the first playoff hole, uh, I thought it was right up against a tree. He hit one of the clutches shot. I mean, like. Got to be good to be lucky, Kenny. Got to be yeah, good to be maybe, lucky, man. Maybe that shot wasn't as hard as I thought it was, but to get that on the green and have it stay there with all the undulation and stuff, having it hit it up a hill and then have it settle in that little valley uh, without hitting it too hard, because if it's too hard, it goes over the valley, it goes into the it back uh, off the green. If it's too short, it rolls back down, uh, you know, down the uh, down the slope into, into the fairway again. He hits it in a perfect shot. Uh, Tony on that chip, all he had to do is leave it short, uh, you know, and he has a nice, easy uphill putt for the win. Instead, he hits it past the hole, has this tricky little downhiller, basically pussyfoots it, uh, can't get it in there, um, you know, and so, you know, it goes to the next hole, Tony ends up losing, uh, missing another, what, eight-footer. Uh, I mean, I can't really talk shit about Tony. I mean, the guy shot a 64 on Sunday. I mean, he had a hell of a round. Now, getting into when he was like, you know, in it, uh, there might have been a little bit of uh, the C word involved there uh, once again for him, which sucks. Uh, because, of course, I don't know if you follow me on Twitter. I had Tony. I, I did the Ben Crenshaw. You know, I got that feeling uh, last week about Tony Finau. And I was like, please, this would be great. Um, and I had him a 29 to 1. Uh, uh, and, then, and then after the first tee shot, I had him. I could have cashed out at 24 to 1. Um, and But looking at the tee shots, I was like, well, no, because Tony's going to win this right here. And, of course, my dumb ass should never have thought that. Uh, and, and then I ended up winning nothing. Uh, you know, and then, of course, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think had him in more cash. what happened. Yeah, yeah. So I had him in cash. Uh, I was right on the bubble when he was in when he was in the lead. Uh, I, you know, I was easily cashing right when he got, right when he lost, I bubbled in cash. I got like, you know, about 60% of my entries one instead of a full hundred percent. So it was very, very bitter. Like I was extremely pissed off after that. So afterwards I ended up watching, uh, I've been flipping back and forth between letter Kenny and six feet under, uh, on HBO. And, um, and so like, you know, I, I was depressed. I wanted to get more depressed. So I watched like, you know, six feet under right afterwards. And if you guys don't know what that's about, it's like people die in like the first scene and like of every show. And they, you know, it's about a family who owns like a funeral home. Right. And so like, I actually felt comfort. Like the first episode I saw was like this drunk lady in a limousine uh, right after Tony lost. 
uh, she's partying with her friends. She's like, she puts her head out of the end of the limousine and her head crashes into something like out of the limousine. She dies. And I was like, oh, that's something that I could do. I actually felt comfort in death. Yeah, that's how much I felt, how bad I felt. <laughs> I was like, you know, maybe I'll just die instead of feeling this feeling again uh, that I, I'm feeling right now with Tony missing out. Um, go ahead and you'll talk about it. We could talk more about other golfers. But yeah, it really hurt this past week. It was it was extremely painful. Uh, I hadn't had that much heartbreak in a golf event in a while. Um, you know, I've lost in playoffs. I've lost in the last hole. I had Neiman runner-up a couple times already. I've had five runner-ups now uh, in bets in the seven events played. So, I mean, heartache is, is, is part of the game. But, I mean, oh, God, the one yesterday hurt so bad just because uh, I did the Benny Crenshaw thing. I was hyped. It looked like he was finally going to do it, uh, but he didn't. What did you think of the event? I love the event personally. I'd love the course. It's been something, you know, I look forward to that's a, you know, everything that goes with it was, was what we wanted to see. As far as the Tony situation goes, it's like you said, it's just tough, man. Like the guy did shoot a 64 on Sunday. So no one could say it was the round of the week, but it was out of contention to start the day. So he kind of did what he had to do as a chaser. You've mentioned this multiple times in the past. I've agreed with you. Uh, you know, the jokes, even bringing up Feinberg again, little Ricky, big Ricky, these guys are, they got a chase to win, right? It's when there's nothing on their mind. Again, it, to me, it still comes back to mental though. I'm not here to beat up on the guy. I absolutely love Tony. I'm rooting for him every week. I'm playing him every week. I think he's incredible. There's no doubt he's incredible. Look at the, the graphic they put up. I, I'll just use DJ alone. DJ 38 top tens in the same time. Tony's got 37, except it's 12 wins to zero that just doesn't math out. Like it just doesn't happen that way. He's not the unluckiest guy in the entire world. The bottom line is he did the 64. He needed to do, he got into contention. He hit one of the worst shots you could hit on 18. Everyone said it. It was the only spot you can't put it made up for it with a pretty decent chip. By the way, at this point, 27 for 27 from 10 feet on the week, you could say he's due for a miss, but it just happens to be at that, that inopportune time he, he misses. So he misses that one. Obviously gets extremely lucky that Homa misses that three-footer. And by the way, fuck Nick Faldo. This guy's so annoying. I told him it was right half cup. And then when it's by the tree, he says he's got no shot. And then he clicks it up to like five feet. So he has no clue what's going on out there as far as broadcasting goes. But uh, obviously a great golfer in his prime, just saying. So I had to throw that in there. But then anyway, Tony does his thing. Does it again. Okay, gets the chance. You mentioned it on 10. Misses another one within 10 feet. And then gets his, you normally he's great out of the bunkers. I'm going to bring that up this week because I think bunker play is important. But you think about that and he puts it up just enough, but not enough. And then misses that too. Like Fina, like Homa didn't even, you know, he did everything he could to give it to Tony and Tony still couldn't close the door. So well, and, and you, and the you thing can is say like, what you want. Yeah. You know, he's like top 15 in bunker play on tour last in the year world. or so. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, to, to do what he did, leave that thing like, you know, 10 feet short. Oh, to it put it in the bunker, to the shot out of the bunker, the shot on 18, the yeah. mystery, the three 10 foot miss. I'm just saying there still is a mental factor. And don't get me wrong, there's, I, I don't play professional golf. I can't tell you. But when you hear Max Homa in tears saying that, not obviously the tears were for a different reason for winning and the happiness and the, what the event meant to him, which was so incredible to see. But if you hear him saying, like, I was nervous as shit, basically, is what he said on 18. And that's why he missed the three footer. It is nerve wracking. I can't imagine. I'm just saying, when it happens that many times, 37 to 38, 12 to zero, using DJ's numbers versus Finau's top tens, you got to, there's something there. And the bottom line is, hey, he's still in the mix. He's still getting opportunities. He's making a lot of money, over 20 mil now, I believe, in those 37 top tens, 21 top fives, however you want to shake it out. But 
that's it, man. Love Tony. I want to see it happen. I believe it's absolutely going to, it's not a curse. It's just that, you know, something happens when he gets up there into the mix in these final few shots. That's it. Like, I hope he learned something from it because I mean, that's the thing. He, he was there he, another playoff loss, but I mean, to show what he did on Sunday, it's got to prove that he could do stuff like that on Sundays uh, that it's all not all that negative. should be good. Yes. Yeah. He should be able to grow on that. I do believe that he needs to chase. I don't think he could be in the final, final group. Uh, to get that win, it's just going to be too much on him. Or, or maybe uh, he just takes what you said, takes the Sunday factor of what he just did, and almost like the Kyle Porter tweet a couple of weeks. So that's what he was trying to say: be that aggressive, but with the lead, because he gets there, man. He gets to the yeah. lead, the fifty-four hole lead. Go out and play like that. And so, what if you blow up and come tenth? What if you actually put up that 64 and win by five and then yeah. really shut the haters up? That's what I want to see, right? So you can't control it, man. He's one of the best golfers in the world, in my opinion. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, he's not the upper echelon because he doesn't have the wins. But when you see him up on the board with Rory, JT, and DJ, uh, Rom, those guys, for the amount of times he's up there, it's just a matter of the wins column and the trophies, man. Those will come. You just got to keep grinding. Yeah, other things that happen, you know, a lot of the big guys, Mr. Cut, you know, Bryson, Mr. Cut, Rory, Mr. Cut, JT, Mr. Cut. Uh, I guess they're being smart because I think like every winner, uh, I guess, except for Homa uh, this year has missed a cut before their, before their, before their victory. Yeah. Um, you know, Sam Burns really a hell of a three rounds. He almost came back at the end too. Uh, just couldn't quite get it. Once he got to the back nine, I think it was, he was up by two strokes going into the back nine. He just couldn't hold on to it. a lot of pressure. Once again, trying to get his first run with all these big dogs chasing him. I think the biggest mistake that I made uh, was probably not betting Homa. Uh, I mean, the guy has been playing exceptional golf, bunch of top tens repeatedly over and over again, playing his favorite course. Uh, uh, I don't know. That was probably dumber than not cashing out. I think uh, <laughs> not, not betting on home of pre tourney. Uh, what was it like 40 to one, 60 to one, anywhere from 40 to 60 to one, I think was his number. Um, and so I, I think that was a bigger mistake that I made. I think, you know, looking back at it, I think, you know, where those balls were on the first playoff hole, um, I think I just should have let it ride. Even though, even if it was 20, I had, I had Tony at 29 to one as my outright. So it would have paid me, I bet 30 bucks on it. So it would pay me an extra 150 bucks, which is not much when you're going to win 750. Uh, but I just felt like, it was in the bag, which is fucking idiotic. But anyways, uh, other guys, you know, Burns performed well. Cam Smith, uh, another guy I think you should keep his, keep an eye on him in the Florida swing. John Rahm, really good final round. Jumped up a tremendous amount of spots up there. Uh, the cut sweat was pretty fucking amazing on Friday as well. I had so many golfers at plus one. Uh, Sergio List, uh, a bunch of other guys at plus one. It couldn't, couldn't quite get that. A wind couldn't blow uh, just enough. And then, of course, the wind on Saturday. Um, you know, with them stopping play, I know a lot of people say they should have played. They should have played. There's no way they could have played uh, in that. I mean, and now if they didn't like mow the greens and they watered them a little bit, then, then maybe they had a chance. But the way the greens were at that point in time, no ball was going to sit on the green um, and, and, you know, do its thing. And you saw with Keegan Bradley on that putt. I saw some tweet and said, you know, if Keegan Bradley was a better putter, they'd still be playing golf. Uh, you know, hit that putt on 10 that rolled off the green uh, because of the wind. And that basically, you know, caused them to blow the horn so it was pretty uh adventurous uh tournament a lot of stuff that went on uh this past week it was fun to watch and you know it, you know not didn't have to be a crazy birdie fest for it to happen i think we're gonna see something similar uh this week we'll see i don't know uh about this course it gives me riviera vibes um here so we'll see how concession plays but first off let's get to uh, anything else you want to add before we move on no that's good man we can talk about the listener league yeah let's go to listener league uh bishcopter 22 
uh, was the winner. I'm trying to, it looks like a Christian Bale avatar with sunglasses, like maybe, maybe American Psycho. I don't know. I don't, that's what it looks like to me. Uh, Bish Copter 22 was our winner. He had Mr. John Rom, uh, who came in fifth, that great final round, 16.2% owned. Uh, Fiend out came in second, of course, 25% owned, a solid by the DJ Nation, 109 points. Uh, Hovland, who another great finish, um, 22% owned, 84 points, finished in fifth. Cam Davis, who made the cut, uh, 22 points, uh, six to 22.5% owned. Uh, Sam Burns came in third, of course, 8.8% owned, had 103.5 points. And Harold Varner the third, who just couldn't get it done once the wind started blowing, uh, 12.2% owned, uh, finished in 62nd place. And then uh, one one thing, I go ahead, we'll talk about the lineup, but I'm going to talk about one more thing. You go ahead first. It's all good. No, no, mine's totally not even a part of this. It just jumped <laughs> uh, into my mind. So go ahead. Oh, oh, good. No, the lineup's good. I like that. There's going to be some of those guys we're going to talk about for this week, uh, including our boy Tony, who we just hit up on again. But you know, Hovland, for sure. Sneaky good, man. This guy just keeps doing it. And uh, I don't know if people remember. I liked him for, for round four showdown. But this guy, you know, for a, a while there, a period, he was putting those Sundays together just like that. There's a 67. So if he can get a 54-hole lead, let's see what happens on a Sunday, right? He can definitely go out and put up those rounds regardless of his positioning. Uh, did it come from behind here, snuck in a little T5 action. So that's nice to see. Uh, Davis Burns, all, all these guys were great plays. Varner, you know, is what it is. Played some great golf still. Him and Davis really struggled on Saturday, and that round sort of carried over, right? And then Burns, that was the funny thing I was going to bring up earlier, I guess, was Burns basically did enough to make everyone think he was going to blow it on Sunday on the, you know, morning holes that we got on Sunday morning. And then he comes out and dominates the front nine only to give it back on the back nine and have a pretty rough outing there. So still overall crushed it. Uh, Bishkop, I was going to say, this is funny. The guy reached out. He's actually a lawyer, Kenny. He asked me, hey, if you ever come to Pittsburgh and you need legal advice, just let me know. I said, that might be more likely my counterpart over there, Kenny Kim, yeah. but we'll, we'll see. I said, I'll let him know. I said, you should let him know that, but he's happy. He's in the Tournament of Champions with us for this week. Uh, shout out to the Mojo King, a guy I've seen many times, good guy. And then our boy, OG, LV Big Blue, down in seventh place. Shout out to him as well. Nice lineups there, but 496 gets the job done, and we'll see Bishcopter in the three-man this week. The last time I was in Pennsylvania, I think I was in high school, and I went to the Poconos. Uh, me and a buddy of mine went up there with his with his mom and dad. Got a little cabin up in the Poconos to go skiing. Ridiculously cold, like maybe uh, like 50, like what people are seeing in, in the Midwest right now, like fifteen degrees, twenty degrees, like super cold. And you know, we were in high school. I was a huge pothead. Both of us were, and so you know, we rolled this big fat blunt, like you know, crazy great nugget, huge blunt, and we go outside to smoke it. Uh, and, and my buddy he just starts turning like gray. Like, I don't know whether it's the coal or something happened, uh, but like, you know, we, we smoked this blunt and he's like coughing and hacking and can't breathe and shit like that. And I'm stoned out of my gourd. You know, this is like when I was like 16 years old, you know, barely, you know, I basically just been smoking like the swag, my whole like DC swag. And then this shit was like primo nugget. Uh, and so like, we you know, roll this blunt. Um, you know, of course, this is like 30 years ago. So for all future employees, so there you go. And pot's legal now in a lot of places. So there you go. Uh, just a disclaimer. Um, and so basically, he's like dying, like in front of me. Uh, and so like I have to like wake up his parents, stone out my ass, like like my, my you know I'm Asian, so I got slanty eyes. My eyes are like super slanty. Like you could barely fit a quarter in them bitches. You know what I'm saying? And so. I go, I, we have to wake up, wake, wake up his mom and dad. We go to the emergency room, all this stuff. And it was like some type of like, 
lung pneumonia, cold shit. I don't know. He was in the hospital for a couple of days. But that's my <laughs> that's my that's my uh, Pennsylvania story that I had last time I went there. Yeah. So don't go to Pennsylvania and smoke pot on really cold days. I guess is what I have to say. But let's move on. Uh, let's go on to this week of the course. Uh, the Concession Golf Club, brand new club, seven thousand four hundred fifty-two yard par seventy-two with four par fives and four par threes and ten par fours. The four par fives you're going to have to score on these. They range from five hundred forty-five to six hundred seven yards. The par five thirteenth is the shortest par five, uh, and as long as the wind isn't in the face, you know, off the tee, most golfers should be able to clear a pond on their tee shots and go for this green in two. Uh, the par five third hole is, a, is the second longest. Um, at 577 yards. Now, uh, this one looks pretty straightforward. Little trouble off the tee, fairly wide fairways. Golfers should be able to score well on this hole. Once again, it depends on the wind. Uh, now, after that, it gets a little bit more tricky. Uh, the par 5 17th hole looks pretty treacherous at 590 yards. Uh, water hugs the entire left side of the hole. Uh, the fairway is somewhat wide up until about the 290-yard mark, but then shrinks tremendously afterwards with a small sliver of fairway visible next to a gigantic water hazard on the left. The driver has to be like on pizzoint to reach this in two. Uh, and I think we'll see plenty of less to driver here. And a lot of golfers play this as a three-shot hole because you miss left at all uh, with that driver. It's automatically in the drink. Uh, you know, there's just no way around it. Uh, you know, and if you play like a, if you play like a cut off the tee, I mean, it, there's a chance that that ball never even crosses the land. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, so th- th- that one's going to be a tough hole. And, you know, it's a real small landing area over 300 yards with water all on the left side. If golfers are going to get aggressive on this hole, you're going to see some water balls here. Um, now, the par 5 seventh is, is 607-yard behemoth. Uh, it looks like a precise tee shot will be needed. Uh, a miss left lands in a bunker and a miss right lands in the trees. Either way, it's probably going to be a three-shot hole uh, unless the wind's at the golfer's back. Uh, so, you know, but the thing is, scoring is going to need to come from these par 5s. Uh, the course doesn't look exceptionally easy. Uh, the par 3s are long. With three part, uh, with three three ranging from 211 to 237 yards, and one playing at around 185 yards par, is going to be a good score on these holes. Uh, the par fours stack up like this: two are under 400 yards, five are between 400 and 450, and three are between 450 and 500. Uh, the eighth is only 375, but it has this like moat that surrounds the green, so it looks like it's going to be an iron off the tee type of hole. Uh, the 12th could be drivable, but if you miss short, there's these bunkers that like will gobble it up from like 260, like really long bunkers. So like 265 to 290, somewhere around there is going to be where if you miss it short in that range, it's going to gobble the bunkers going to gobble it up. And you're going to have like a 35 to 50 yard bunker shot, which of course is one of the harder bunker shots out there on tour. Now the thing is, if you go deep on this hole and we'll see how firm and fast these greens are, uh, there's water behind the hole. So, you know, very, very risk-reward par four on the 12th. Um, I think many golfers are just going to bail out to the right side. There's these there's these greenside bunkers on the right on the 12th hole. You're going to see a lot of shots there. I think you're going to see a lot of shots from the sand uh, this week. I just have this feeling, and some of those bunkers, like, around the green, they're nasty. Like, you know, eight-foot, nine-foot lips. Uh, so, you know, not, not going to be your typical, you know, easy bunker shot type deal uh for these golfers uh you know unless they miss it in the right 
part of the bunker. Anything close to the front edge of a bunker, especially these these greenside bunkers, you know, it's going to be a pretty, pretty tough shot. Now, luckily, you know, of course, it slopes down with the face being that high on a lot of these bunkers. It's going to come down and hopefully land in the middle. But if there's any type of rain or anything like that, and those balls get stuck near the front, man, that's going to be tough. Now, off the tee, golfers are going to see above average size fairways for the most part, but a lot of fairways tend to get more narrow after the 300-yard mark. Uh, the rough supposedly is only an inch and a half, but we'll have to double check that as the week progresses. Uh, there are fairway bunkers in the landing zones and water is in play on probably half the tee shots. Uh, trees line the fairways, but there is you know, usually some room between the edge of the fairway and the start of the tree line. Uh, plenty of dog legs. So that's the thing. I'm not sure how much driver is going to be used on this course i i could be wrong and it could just be pounding driver the whole time of course we haven't seen golfers play this hole before play this uh, golf course before but there's plenty of dog legs you know and like if you miss a certain direction you're going to be blocked um so especially for the really really long hitters I, I, there's some holes where you're going to have an advantage pounding it out there, like the two shorter par fives that I was talking about, uh, you know, without that much danger. Uh, those will probably work out. There's a couple of longer uh, par fours where you know work out with a driver and it doesn't have too much trouble coming involved. But for the most part, a lot, there's a lot of trouble off the tee here with the waters and the bunkers and the dog legs. I, I think it's possible that we see a less driver, on a lot of holes. I, I'm not sure. This is something we're going to have to check as the week goes on, as we see the golfers talk about the course more and more, as we see the commentators talk about the course more and more as we lead off to lock on Thursday. Um, now, on approaches, golfers will see fairly large greens, but just like Riviera, they're going to be highly undulating with multi-tier, so land, the landing areas for birdie attempts will be small. I do think this is going to be a second-shot course. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Now, most of the Bermuda greens are elevated with bunkers surrounding them. And I've talked about those bunkers already. Some of them are treacherous. Uh, water is also in play on quite a few approach shots. And the stint meter should be around 12. Now, overall, the course, you know, it's a Jack Nicholas course. So he's done like, a, what, Honda, uh, Muirfield. Those are the two that I would compare, um, you know, especially Honda with a lot of water out there. Uh, Muirfield, you know, sort of a longish par 70 to 72. And it, it sort of reminds me of Riviera. Uh, except for the grass complexes that we saw last week, you know, large green complexes that are, you know, undulating, multi-tiered, somewhat quick, uh, you know, uh, fairways that, you know, if you if you if you hit it past the 300 mark, it's going to be tough to keep the balls in the fairway. Not much rain has come uh, at this course in a while, so they expect everything to be firm and fast. And of course, that shortens up the fairways even more because of rollout. And stuff like that. Now, once again, the trees aren't too close to the fairway edge. So a lot of balls could just trickle in to the rough like we saw last week at Riviera, which should lead to not too difficult of shots on their next shots, depending on how far they hit their drives. You know, if they're using short iron, it should be a lot easier. So that's the dilemma I'm having this week with trying to figure out exactly what the golfers are going to use off the tee. Like I've read people thinking they're going to have eight to nine drive, eight drivers off the tee for the week. I mean, it's a lot. Um, I could see as little as four. Uh, so that's something we're definitely going to have to pay attention to as the week goes on. Tampa, what are you looking for in stats? 
I think it's a lot of what you just said, Kenny, to be honest. It's mainly, you know, you mentioned a few things I was going to be after, you know, the second shots, ball strikers in general, you know, obviously there you driver or not, we're still going to want that in the, in the mix. We got bunker play you talked about, you know, it seems like we're going to have a lot of it. So certain guys come to mind there that I can think of uh, as we'll go through the names and then really just, you know, the guys I touch on, cause no course history or anything like that to worry about here is just, you know, there's one thing that's going to come up as a theme or a narrative. I wonder if that'll affect ownership. We'll have to see, but uh, that's the 2015 NCAAs that Bryson won here. But other than that, man, just looking, it's a four day potential, you know, upside guys that were getting over four days in the WGC, you know, history in WGCs, things like that. Good all around golfers, long-term stats, you know, everything in general, that's sort of where I'm setting it up. And my biggest dilemma is more to do with, the pricing and the lineup construction than it is with, you know, worrying about anything else. We're all playing the same event. So it's all about putting the pieces together. And it's pretty interesting this week when you look at it, because the 6k range is not too exciting. There is some really good names down there though, that to me makes it look like it's just going to be pretty congested for ownership, which then leads to likely more DJ ROM builds or, or at least builds that start with them. I should say. Yeah. Let's move to these tiers. Let's go. Let's go ahead and start it up. Like 10k. We got can't lay all the way to DJ. Yeah, DJ's the WGC crusher, right? So uh, there's other guys in here that definitely do the same. You know, JT, Rory, Reed, these guys got some WGCs in the bag as well. But DJ, I think is three recently at least, uh, you know, that we can talk about. So at 11.6, he seems to make the most sense. I kind of like Rom, uh, especially for 500 bucks less. I just think they have both similar games. You mentioned the Mirfield thing. I, I should have mentioned that in my uh, previous mentions here. You know, Mirfield, even API. Stands out a little bit, and we'll get to a guy that definitely, you know, had a good year at API and, and that we'll like here. I think a lot of people I saw betting him, and that's Terrell Hatton. But uh, if you think about guys like that, just, again, all around, in the, you know, put it in the fairway, get it up there, have a good all-around game out of the bunkers, around the greens, make some putts, things like that. Just seems pretty standard, but, it, you know, in basic stuff, but it's easier said than done, right? So uh, a lot of things to consider. For me, it's Rom at the top. And then dropping down, probably Rory. Uh, he, I know the joke is the miscut factor, but Rory does stand out to me. Obviously done well uh, in a couple of WGCs. You know, he's got a couple wins over the last few years in WGCs. He's, you know, events like you mentioned, um, the players would be one too that stands out sort of like this. Florida, Bermuda, that sort of stuff. He just won there, the low scoring, or the high scoring, I should say. Uh, all these factors to me. So Rom and Rory are the ones that stand out the most. And then I guess X, could be sneaky. I don't know if he's, I mean, the price went way up and that's something new. I talked about today on the Rotor Grinders review show. The price is what, you know, messes with people so much, myself included, right? Homa seemed expensive last week. So I played Zalatoris back to the well for a hundred bucks less. Uh, it cost me on the week. So, you know, that was an example of one. And then when guys get expensive, like Xander seems expensive, but he also is putting together like Finau numbers up here with these guys. So, you know, it just doesn't always close the door. And again, who cares if he's always coming second, he could be the first guy into your lineup at 10, eight, get a pretty balanced approach for the most part, more seven K guys, obviously, but then stay out of that six K range or just one six K guy. And then still fit a lot of these guys that we're going to love in the middle. But man, the, the part I was talking about the top Kenny, I'll let you go in a sec is just the, it'd be a super risky strategy, but I don't know, man, I don't think the win equity is as much as people may think in these guys at the top, when you hear this entire nine K range. So I'll let you go ahead, but there actually to me is merit for just fading this 10 K and up range altogether. Yeah. I think the one guy I am going to play up here is John Rahm. Again, a great Sunday yeah. uh, out there five under uh, he's played this course before. If you want to take that narrative, his iron game is always strong. Second in Tita green uh, in the last 50 rounds, right behind Dustin Johnson. Um, you know, uh, the thing about him is he, he's he's sneakily good around the greens, and I think that will help. Um, you know, I don't know how easy these fairways are going to be hit. 
Uh, and if everything's going to be playing really firm and fast in the way the course is undulated, I think that uh, around the green play is going to be important. Uh, also, he crushes par fives. Do you wonder where your food comes from? More and more people do. America's corn farmers work hard every day to grow a crop that you can be proud to serve your family. And they're doing it with an eye towards sustainability, caring for water, air, soil, and resources that fuel healthy families and more sustainable products. Take a look to find out how farmers in rural America work to make life better for all of us, from cities to their rural communities. Learn more at ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Uh, so, so I do like John Rahm uh, up top, and then I'm not sure. Uh, I think Cantley's a fade for me. Uh, you rarely ever see him play three weeks in a row. Uh, that worries me a little bit. You know, he has that back injury. You know, it takes him like three or four hours before every round to warm up uh, because of the injury he had to his back, sustaining what almost a decade ago now. And uh, and playing three weeks in a row for him is super rare. Uh, so I don't. You saw him sort of fade away on Sunday this past week. Uh, I don't know, playing this many events in a row is not really typically his thing, and that sort of worries me about Patrick Hanley. But the other guys are all in play. Uh, I'm not really sure which one I'm going to go with or if I'm going to go with any of them. But right now, Rom is the one that sticks out to me. Uh, I, I'm thinking about JT. Uh, you, you know, he can't be this bad for this long, but I think it's going to depend on ownership once again. Uh, now, it bit me in the ass last week because JT was the lowest owned. Uh, he was projected around 11% owned. Uh, he was going to be the lowest. So I was like, fuck it. I'll go ahead and throw in 20% of JT uh, just to get some of that leverage on a top tier golfer. And of course, that bit in my ass because he missed the cut. But I, I think that's still the smart play uh, again this week. Other than Rom, I'm probably going to go one other based on ownership. Um, I'll go ahead and go to this 9K range. I'm going to load up on this 9K range once again, especially for my cash game cornerstones, just like I did last week. Um, I'm going to go, uh, my first cash game cornerstone is going to be Hatton. Uh, with four worldwide wins in the last, what, 16 months or something like that. The guy's just a, a bulldog out there. Uh, I was one in Florida before, one on Bermuda before. Iron game is exceptionally strong. You know, makes enough birdies. Good from uh, 400 to 450 yards. So I'm going to go ahead and take Terrell uh, as my first uh, cash game cornerstone this week. Uh, my second is going to be Mr. Hovland at 9,400. The guy's iron game has been sick. He's gained almost 10 strokes with the irons in his last two events uh and he's and, you know really really strong wedge player and it's possible we see a lot of wedges uh here from like 125 to 150 if they lay up on those two longer par fives you know a couple of these shorter par fours after they hit their drive they'll probably have 125 to 150 or somewhere around there so i'm going to see i think there's going to be a, a pretty fair amount of approaches uh in that range he's one of the best in the field there again good on par fives iron game has been exceptional the last couple of weeks uh, you know, a couple of top fives. Actually, I think three top fives. You count the Euro event. I think he finished uh, top five in the Euro event uh, that he played in a few weeks ago as well. So, uh, so I do like Hovland as my second cash game cornerstone. My third one's going to be Patrick Reed. Another guy who does well in WGC events, a guy who really does well in these big fields. Uh, again, his iron game is not as strong as the other guys that I have in here. Uh, but, you know, around the green, putting, uh his short game, his wedges are actually probably some of his better iron plays. Uh, so, you know, you get, you get sort of the longer irons. That's when you start to worry a little bit about him. Uh, but, you know, a lot of shorter irons here with him. So I'm going to go uh, Mr. Reed uh, for my third cash game cornerstone. So, of course, I'm going to be light on those guys. One guy I do like is going to be up top on GPPs, Bryson DeChambeau. And it's not because of his length. I think it's the fact that he might leave driver. I hope. 
he leave driver in the bag. I think he hit like 21% of the fairways uh, last week. That's probably not going to cut it. I think on this course with his length, he probably doesn't need to hit driver all that often. Uh, you know, hit that three wood out there, get more accurate off the tee. And I think that will help him. Um, so I do. And of course he won here uh, in that event in 2015. Uh, you know, again, lots of birdies, uh, lots of drafting points, really good tee to green, good putter. Uh, so I like Bryson um, for GPPs and I'll probably go more Coward down low. Uh, GPPs again, iron play, exceptionally strong wedge play. One of the best out there. Uh, one of the better tee to greens, a little worried about his putter. Uh, he looked horrible. He's going through all these adjustments, but maybe um, he can figure it out uh, after one week with that claw grip. What do you think? Yeah, that's the only thing that worries me with him. This range is pretty dominant, though. That's why I said at the top, you know, I I would consider just playing like, you know, 10% ROM, 10% DJ maybe, and just letting that run. And so I get them in some lineups, but then just forgetting the rest and going right down because uh, all the stuff I just said about Tony, the bottom line is this. if he What if he won two of those events out of the last four he's not 9800 here i mean then it would finally be that he's the guy and he's got it together now and all this so 9800 uh he's amazing i know that shot we just beat up in the playoff but besides that he's incredible out of the the bunkers great yep. all-around game everything lines up perfectly i wonder how popular bryson will get because you said not just for the length but for the narrative that he won the 2015 ncaa here shout out to uh, ct pan Finish second, right behind him. There's some other guys that were in the mix. Rom, hey, Scheffler, Zander. Thomas Detry, 66. Hey, I was just about to say, I got sleeper later on for you. <laughs> he hops in and takes it, so that's okay. My bad, my bad. Uh, but, you know, that's okay. I, I like him as well, but there's a there's a couple of the guys. Gim was up there. I wish Gim was in the mix. Seaweed Doug, he's been kicking it lately and doing some things, but he obviously doesn't fit into this event uh, being the requirements. But, yeah, Tony now for sure. Uh, Hatton, for sure. You mentioned Hovland that we talked about earlier. Just sneaky great results lately, but... I don't know, maybe not good enough to notice. We'll see. He should get popular. Uh, if Berger gets left alone, he has been extremely solid. Another guy, you know, a little withdrawal last week just to regroup after a win. But coming back here, Florida, Bermuda Greens, home. Th- this is what you want to see. And then you mentioned the Reed WGC stuff. So those are my favorites. Reed, Berger, Hovland, Hatton, Finau, those five. And that's like I said, you can't play them. You know, you can play all those guys, but then you can't play five other guys above them and mix it all in. You can do whatever you want. I shouldn't say that, but you get what I mean. Like, you got to take some stands and get aggressive. I think that every I think lo- a lot of I think I think a lot of people are going to go that route. I think you're going to see a lot of golf, a lot of lineups starting in this 9K range. I think the 10K range could possibly be overlooked. Well, it's just uh, math, yeah, which though, is right? weird. If you, if yeah. you take 15 percent DJ, 15 percent Rom, 12 percent Xander, 12 percent JT, 12 percent Rory, like they're not going to be all together. So that's a majority of lineups when you talk about it as an overall thing that. Again, find your way to get different. I'm saying I think a lot of people do still start with at least one of Cantlay or above. Not using Cantlay as the name. He'll be low-owned. I'm talking about Rory, JT, Rom, DJ, X. Like, people are going to start with them, and there is guys in the 6K you could use. I just don't want to get too aggressive with them because you mentioned it. Thomas Dietrich, you just talked about. Munoz, um, EVR, Abe Answer is going to be popular. Like, there's there's a lot of names down there you can use. I don't know. I think a lot more people – Go above. I think I like your approach of like three of them in cash in the Nike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think you could do that in GPPs too. I mean, the thing about it is, like you said, there's a lot of uh, good golfers in the lower price range. You can you can you can just punch in three of these guys in a nine K range yeah. and just go at it. It's very very easy to do. I think it's a lot easier than trying to go in this ten K range and trying to do everything like that. So I think that's that's going to be the popular way. So if you want to go different, a couple of guys in the ten K range, uh, like a Rom JT lineup to start. Uh, I think we'll be very contrarian 
Uh, you're going to get a lot. You're not going to have too many lineups start in that direction. Uh, now I say that and we'll see how many of those I actually do. I personally yeah. have, I don't know if I will. I don't, uh, I'm but, still but against that, you on that because it's a, it's a no cut. People always like to go stars and scrubs. People want to jam those guys in because we're getting four rounds. So yeah, I think we're going to try and jam as many of this nine K range as possible because I mean, the names in that seem to be playing better than the names in the 10 K range. Uh, really? Uh, you know, Haddon, yeah. Finau's a bunch of top fives. Kepka just off a win. Hovland, back-to-back top fives. Berger off a win. Reed off a win. You know, I mean, those guys from like 92 to 99, uh, those are all hot golfers, and they're probably hotter than the golfers up top, wouldn't you say? Maybe. That's that's what I'm arguing for, but I'm saying like at the same time, I think someone would rather go Rom Hovland and then mix it up. Is is seems like a way more popular build to me than Hovland, Hatton, Finau where you actually have to leave Bryson, Rory, JT, X, DJ, and Rom out of your pool or out of your lineups at that point. That to me yeah. is really aggressive and you can do it differently too. The other thing is we're about to get to this 8K range. Don't forget that. There's some names in there that again, you could play two 9K guys, two or three 8K guys and dip down and get yourself off those standard builds quite easily as well, I think. So just, just looking at things. Uh, if you guys follow me on you know Roto Grinders and check out my stuff there Wednesday night, We'll do a show and I basically break it down and start looking at these constructions as we get the ownership and things to piece it together. Cause we're just making sense of it right now. Kenny, you and I with thought processes and early in the week, but that, that's sort of when we can really see it once it shakes out and then we can start to see how people are building the lineups. Yeah. With the guys 9,200 and above, I would definitely pay attention to people who are going to be low owned. check whatever site you use for ownership projections Wednesday afternoon. I, I wouldn't make lineups until then again, uh, you know, because because I think you're going to find some gems. Uh, the only one that I probably wouldn't play that's probably going to be loaned is Patrick Cantley, but everyone else is is going to be on board. And if I see somebody like a JT or a Rory at 10, 9%, I'm going to have to pull the trigger. Uh, double up. Uh, you just you, All you got to do is if they're 9, 10%, all you got to need is 20% of them, 20% of them in your lineups, and you're going to be, you, you have leverage on the field. Uh, so, I mean, that's just something to think about. That's something I'm going to pay attention to. Uh, so, you know, I might say all these names here on Monday, but a lot of the times, especially here lately, and I've gotten a little better on GBPs, um, you know, I might skip on some of these guys I talked about just because of the, the high ownership compared to where, especially when you get lower in price, higher in price. I don't really care too much about the chalk, but I do care about the guys who are going to be lower owned. Uh, especially in this elite level range, because all these guys are winners. All these guys are proven winners, if you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> proven winners here. So uh, definitely pay attention to ownership when it comes to 9,200 and up. Go ahead and let's well, go on to this 8K. Go ahead. Yeah, I will. I will go into that. One last guy, though, just to mention, just on that thought process that you were just on, is Brooks. A little bit uh, off last week. T38, though, is not terrible. But if you remember back to the last WGC, uh, he was one shot away, man, when JT stole it away and got pretty lucky with the ball under the tree landing out proper. Well, uh, Brooks goes in the water. So that could be an interesting play at 9,500, squeezed right there between Finau, Hatton, and Hovland Berger, all guys that are going to be extremely popular. So I mean, I, I was that- really shocked that Brooks was like, what, was he like 8% last week? Um, now he didn't really, he, he, he was, he was up on the leaderboard and down. He had a roller coaster type week, but I mean, you know, the guy's great. You know, he can win. I was, I was more shocked that he was 30 to one today. And then I didn't get it till he was 25 because yeah. I was working on some other stuff, but my God, that's a pretty big number for a guy that just won recently and definitely can win this event yeah. in a shortened field. So uh, as far as the AK range goes, Kenny, it's a little bit more interesting. Like I said, there's still some guys in here that 
look, the 9K range is just way stronger to me, but you know, Sung JM, you talked about earlier with the Honda vibes. Well, back to Florida, Bermuda Greens. I even have my notes, Honda Memories, right? We were right there watching the guy. He's been really solid over the last six months when it comes to total all-around game, ball striking. We know the talent and the upside. I'll play him way before the mullet man, Cameron Smith. I know that much. Um, I don't know, Homa, I guess no one's going to play him after the win, and maybe it's a lot to take in. We just saw him, you know, overwhelmed with joy, doesn't know how he can top it, you know, basically like winning the Masters for him. He said, like, this is just a huge win for him. But the problem is, is there's guys below him I just like so much more. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick gaining solid in every major stat category over the last six months. Uh, In round three, which he dominated at this tournament when most failed. I just mentioned Brooks. We talked about it earlier with a couple of the guys in Davis and Varner and guys that struggled in it. Or Fitzpatrick crushed and it wasn't even as he didn't even gain strokes putting in that round. He made a lot of stuff because he was, he had it in tight. His approach game was dialed. So uh, obviously the wind you could say helped him, but realistically wind or not. I mean, he's just an all around good player and at 8,500. That's more than fair. Uh, Hideki, another WGC guy, couple WGC wins in the same time. DJ has three and he's right here getting even cheaper now at 8,400. So I'll always go back to him. Talk about Scheffler being in that event with Bryson and Brom and those guys that were in it. So, you know, maybe that helps. But at 8,300, with all these opportunities, he can definitely score with the best of them. And then Neiman and Zalatoris to round it out. Two guys with just a great all-around game. Uh, Zalatoris sucked me back in on Sunday. Had an awesome Sunday round. Didn't show up for the rest of the week, but he made the cut and got there. He still did his thing. We've seen the talent he has at 8K. It's a little too cheap, I think. And same with Neiman. Uh, Just all-around game, upside. Better on Bermuda than Poa. And last week truly showed it because you look at the numbers. He was minus 1.4 strokes game putting and still finished 43. Guys like Neiman, Hovland, X, these guys are guys that like play their C game. Justin Thomas is another one. C game, B game, whatever you want to call it. And they're still somehow in the mix. So you got the only take- reason he, the only reason he even finished 43rd or whatever is because of that one round. He shot 78 yeah. on Saturday. Uh, other than that, I think he's shot every round under par uh, this year so far. Uh, just about. I could be wrong. He's, he's dialed off right by, now, yeah. exactly. The guy yeah. is dialed in. I think he makes a good cash play down here. Uh, if you want to go cash down here for Neiman. So I like Neiman. I like Scotty uh, because of his uh, boomer bust potential. Uh, exactly. This guy, I, I probably wouldn't use him in cash, uh, but for GPPs, he can go crazy with the birdies. Uh, you know, he can go insane with the birdies and he can also, you know, get you like five boogies in a row. Uh, so yeah. but then that's the thing you're going to have to worry about with Scotty. So when you roster him, that's what you're going to have to expect. Um, I like Sungjae up top as well. Uh, you, you went over everything about that. And I like Cam Smith. The guy's been playing good golf. Uh, he played well last week in the mix. Um, you know, he's really good on par fives. Like if you look uh, here more recently, um, you know, pretty good showings overall in his last few events, not missing too many cuts, uh, always in there. Um, let me look here real quick. I gained about, you know, almost five strokes with his approaches. I guess he missed the farmers. Uh, but like last week was his best um, approach game. Maybe, you know, gained like 10 and a half strokes tee to green uh, last week. So, you know, maybe he can ride that into this week. I do like Sanjay a little bit more. Uh, than Cam, but I, I am going to, I'm going to go Cam. I'm definitely going to bet Cam too, 66 to one. Uh, seems like a pretty damn good number. Uh, so uh, we'll go that we'll go about that. Let's move to the seven K range. Um, there, you know, again, a lot of guys up top that I seem to like. Uh, I like Justin Rose. He came in second in Saudi Arabia. People can overlook that fact. Uh, it looks like his game is coming back into a little bit of form, and at that price, uh, I think it's definitely worth it for a guy of his caliber who was just number one in the world about two three years ago. Um, other guy, Jason Day, another guy who played pretty well the last time we saw out. 
again, good around the green. If it comes down to it and golfers end up missing a lot of these greens, we'll be able to, you know, go with, with the undulation and the firmness, you know, and of course they're only going to miss, be able to hit the, hit the ball in certain sections of the green. So the aiming points are going to be small. Uh, even though the greens are sort of large. And I think the golfers are going to know this uh, and make it be a little bit more aggressive. And you can see a lot of missed greens. He's good from the sand uh, as well. So, I mean, you know, I think a lot of bunker play is going to be involved this week. So I like Jason Day is moving down a little bit more. Um, Harris English at 7,500. Again, the price drop is pretty tremendous of what we've seen from him here recently. The talent level is there. Top 10 in birdies, a better game. Uh, top 10 in strokes gain around the green. Top 15 in strokes gain, par five in the last 50 rounds in this field. Who do you like up top? I was with you on day. I've seen some Rose mentions. Obviously, the, the Saudi score, you know, finish, I should say, is, is okay there. So I get that, but I really do like Dad. I just think he's too cheap for the potential. Seems a little bit like chasing, but man, he wasn't that far off before. And we were playing him at a much bigger number. And in this field, uh, he's just got to, you know, put a few rounds together, man. It's possible. So at 7,800, I like that. Uh, Wolf would be more of a gut play just because I think with, you know, if the scoring's out there, you know, he's going to be a guy that can go after it. He has been better with those irons, not as much recently as what we talked about. But if you look at the over the long term and just the upside, I think he's another guy right there. Like if you want to say Scheffler, uh, which I'm with you on, has upside, you'd have to look at a guy like Wolf. I looked at his betting number but I opted for a different guy, a little bit more safety maybe, but I do like him. I think he was 90 to one when I looked, that was pretty nice, but I'll think about it. Harris English. So I just said, what the fuck the price? It's like 7,500 bucks. I know there's a couple of missed cuts recently, but makes no sense to me for a guy with his numbers over the last six months. He's better on Bermuda. The upside is there has the all around game. I think at 7,500, he could get popular. So look, there's pivots there. We just talked about Wolf will probably be less owned. Uh, Garcia, underneath them the putter just destroyed him i loved him last week he lost 3.6 strokes on the greens and gained huge on approach and overall tee to green was solid so um much better on friday than thursday it's not the same as a sunday round because that's an in contention or at least fighting back making some money type thing but uh you know what he bounced back after a bad thursday and had a really good thir- uh, a friday round with the irons and ball striking and whatnot so i think he's good here carlos ortiz we're gonna play him him and munoz i'm playing every time there is, you know, four rounds in play. We, we play them when there's two rounds guaranteed because of the fact that there's upside of if they make the cut, they can go off over the weekend. Uh, Bubba seems cheap and has done well in WGCs in the past. I know it's not, you know, something we've seen a lot from lately. Not a guy we've seen a lot from lately, I should say, but uh, definitely still like his upside. Uh, Billy Horschel. To round it out, man, always love Billy in Florida and on Bermuda Greens. Upside, everything is there. Can get the birdies going for one or two rounds. Might sneak a little, you know, even par or 71 in there, bad round, something like that. But uh, I think you'd be fine if you go to Billy Horschel at 7K at the bottom. Yeah, I like the Sergio call. I'm down with that. I think I'm going to jump back on Carlos Ortiz who burned a whole bunch of people. Uh, He was one of my casualties last week when it came to ownership. I actually ended up fading him when I saw that he'd be close to 20%. Uh, that worked out, even though I liked him uh, last week. And, and so that sort of worked out. And I think because of him burning a lot of people, it's another t- it could be a time to jump back on. Um, of course, you know, really good around the greens. The guy's been in contention a bunch uh, all the way from the fall until now um, with, a, with a tournament win. Um, I like Ryan Palmer. Again, another guy who, who in a no-cut event is boomer bust. He's like the older Scotty Scheffler. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the older, cheaper Scotty Scheffler, a guy who, you know, can easily explode. But if he's on, he can get you a shit ton of fucking birdies. Um, you know, with, with, a, with a stellar approach play, his good par five scoring. Um, he's pretty damn good with his wedges as well. Um, I, I, I like uh, Kisner 
a lot down below. I probably like Kisner better than Billy Horschel. Uh, one of the better Bermuda putters out there. One of the better wedge players out there. Uh, his approach game has been exceptionally solid uh, here recently. Top 10 in strokes game approach in the last 50 rounds. So I do like Kisner a lot. Um, now let's move on to the 6K range. And I'll go with my last cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Lanto at um, 6,700. We're doing it with the Rick Gaiman role. Anytime Lanto's in the 6K range, you go ahead and play him. But, you know, that's not the only reason. The guy's eighth in strokes game approach in this field. He's 15th in wedge play in this field. He's been playing good golf, making cuts. He has some 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 good finishes here uh, recently. A uh, really good putter on Bermuda. Um, you know, seventh of the Farmers, 13th of the Tournament of Champions. If you go back to the fall, a uh, couple of top 11s at the CJ Cup and the Zozo. Uh, so actually, if you look at his last, what, three uh, no-cut events, seventh at CJ, seventh at Zozo, 13th of the Tournament of Champions. Uh, you know, definitely a narrative, uh, but it's there. Uh, 18th of the Tour Championship, which isn't that great. 10th uh, of the BMW, another uh, one of those uh, no-cut events out there. So you know, the guy seems to do it when it comes to it. So I like Lanto is my final cash game cornerstone. So that's going to be uh, Hatton at 9,600. Um, Hovland at 9,400. Reed at 9,200. Lanto at 6,700. This still leaves you over 15 grand to fill out the rest of your lineup. Plenty of maneuvering you can do with that much left uh, on there. Other guys that I do like uh, in this 6K range. Uh, I mean, I think answer is going to be popular. I think Nah always has that win equity uh, out there. I think he's 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 worth a look. I'll let you talk about Thomas Detry. Uh, it's another guy that I do like down here. Um, who else do you like down here? I think it's more of a, you know, just mix and match and what you talked about. Some of the guys with uh, Lanto, you know, I had in my notes, the understand, by the way, back at Palmer, that was one guy I missed and I had like Rom, we like Palmer. So that's pretty much, we were both on him at the top with the, uh, with Rom. And we, uh, you just talked about Palmer for the right reasons. I think he makes perfect sense. As far as that's concerned, if you go down here, uh, answer is probably one of my favorite plays and bets. It's the guy said that I, you know, I was going to bet Wolf. I don't know. Wolf, what do you like better? Wolf at 90 or answer at a hundred? A little worried about Wolf's off the tee game. Like, you know, that used to be the strongest part of his game, but he's lost like a shit ton of strokes off the tee. I, I, I don't know. I don't Something seems off about him. So I don't know if I'm going to go to him this week. Almost exactly what I did again. So probably better uh, tournament play. Cause I think people will just stay off him. And I do like him in large field stuff because he has the upside, the ability. We know the price is just so low for a guy like him, but yeah, back down to this. So answer again, he's going to be popular, but how popular is, he? you know, 11 or 10%. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to move away, but I like your nah take we've talked about it plenty of times he's got uh you know five what is it four or five wins now maybe four in the last four years is the number i believe so uh i do i do like nah the upside there the win uh, lanto who you talked about thomas Dietrich, just the sleeper alert i was just joking a little bit earlier with you but the t3 he got t3 when bryson won it in 2015 that really has nothing to do with uh today's state of his game or anything like that i think bottom line is he's top 100 in the world for a reason uh, he does play a lot of euro events so a lot of most people won't know him but Upside can be there. Uh, Munoz was the guy I already love. I, I talked about that earlier. Just a, another guy down here. Upside, no cut event. Probably popular, but who cares? Like, again, what will it be? 10%? Like, 11 It's just, it's not enough. You can still play these guys and get unique elsewhere. They could fit a different style build type where there's a couple 8K guys and some 9s, no 10s. There's lots of different ways that you can go about it. And then I just teased it earlier and just, you know, mentioned them. But EVR at 6,200, basically the only place we like to play him or ever really see results out of him is in something like this, right? A solid major like field when he's super cheap 
and basically, you know, approach game around the green, things like that around the green, we worry a little bit more, but if he can hit those greens, you get that upside out of him at 6,200. That can be huge for what your lineup build looks like. Yeah. Other guys down below, maybe a little bit of Brendan Todd, who's one of the best Bermuda putters out there, really good around the green. The short game could help him uh, this week. And I do like uh, David Lipsky download 6k a good iron game really good with his wedges and again another guy good around the green uh for a minimum price who could have some upside so i like him down there as well uh anybody else uh, i think that's it you mentioned you know that you know just going back to it though we did mention like one two three like 10 or 11 guys down here so i do think this area is going to be popular and still leads me to believe that the 10k and above range will get smashed because you can you can build a bunch of these people are going to be building lipsky lineups now kenny because you're touting a 6k guy down here. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I like it, but uh, you know, I do think these balanced builds can mean something this week and who cares, even if they do end up being popular, I still think they have a lot of upside to them for the overall. And again, just about getting different in one or two spots and making it happen from there. So that's all for me, Kenny. We can talk about the bets. All right. I'll go ahead first. I got six this week. I'm going to start off with Bryson at 20 to one um, Hatton 22.5 to one. Ooh. Hovland, 22 to 1. Uh, Reed, 31 to 1. Cam, 66 to 1. Day, 70 to 1. Wow. I like that day number. I got to look mine up real quick for a second. It's just a horrible bet, probably, but for the number, like you said, yeah, yeah mine. 70 to 1 I, seems worth it to me. I like it. Yeah, no, I don't hate that at all. But before I do, Mike, I just want to remind everyone quickly uh, you know, dealing with Roto Grinders, everything we're doing over there, scoresandodds.com. Uh, you basically want to check it out. Got all our main betting content over there. So Notorious, due to the Tuesday show with them for PGA DFS every week, he's been just crushing it with matchups, outrights, everything on the season. Uh, we had three of us hit an outright back-to-back-to-back weeks. We only put our favorite in there. So uh, it's not like there's everyone has seven bets or anything like this. So you can check it out. Uh, go over there. One monthly price gets you all the picks. PGA, NBA, college hoops, NASCAR, others included in it. Myself, Noto Cards, TJ, etc. A, a litany of guys. So Check that out, scoresandodds.com. Kenny, I've got a few here, man. Rory at 16 to 1, too tempting, had to take it. Hatton at 20 to 1. I liked Hovland, but when Hatton's like 20 to 1 and, and Hovland's there, I just picked Hatton. You can obviously bet both as you did, but you know, for me, that was the main one I wanted to have. Uh, Brooks, I told you I missed the number earlier at 30, but I got him still at 25. Just too good for me. Uh, and then answer 100 to 1 with the top five each way. I had one more and I messed this up. It was Hatton at 20 and Berger at 30 was the other guy I took. And again, these are guys I'm not necessarily in love with as plays, but I just think these numbers are too crazy. And some of them I am in love with, like I said, you know, Hatton, I definitely love this week. Um, Berger and answer. I like a lot more than I do Rory and Brooks, but those Rory and Brooks numbers are just big numbers for guys that can just get it rolling. And if they get it, you know, done on Sunday, you know, Rory just, what was it a couple of weeks ago before the miscut. And now he's got that little you know joke narrative on the side of a miscut into a win. But the week before that, he was pretty dominant on Sunday. And we know if he pieces it together, it can be good. So that's where I'm at. Save a little bit. That's only five bets. Can you save a little bit for some T twenties? See what happens as the week goes on. All right. One and done. I mean, I'm probably going to go Hatton or Reed or Hovland or something like that. Again, I had, uh, I had um, Fina last week, of course, in the Mayo cup. Um, and so I moved up in the leaderboard once again, I think I'm like, uh, I'm in the top 100 uh, in the what 3,500 man field. Uh, on in the uh, Mayo Cup, so yeah, I'm going to go with one of those guys, and I'll see if I can can't keep moving up the, the leaderboard there. 
you should give us like four or five more names so no one steals your pick. That's true. Now that, that's true, now that you're in the true. top 100, jeez. I know, I know. I'm getting oh, up there. Getting up it's there. all good. Keep crushing it, brother. I'm excited. Yeah. I want to see. I'm the absolute worst one and done player in the world, so that's my disclaimer. Don't take any of this advice. But all I will say is it is a $10.5 million prize pool, 1.82 up top. So this is a week that matters. So don't be afraid to burn somebody. Uh, good or bad to see how it goes. Good, bad. I might other. even think about Rom up top too. So we'll yeah, see. I, I, I was gonna it. say I got I got DJ Rom Rory as my yeah, three yeah. guys. Obviously, <laughs> I haven't touched them yet, but yeah. I'm gonna like it's gonna be a big dog this yeah. week because the, you know it's so much money up top, and these guys are closers too, man. They're killers. They know how to get the job done. So DJ seems enticing as might as well because last week he was like a little off, man. But that's again another guy, obviously the best in the world right now. That just you know C game. And he's still in the mix and we thought he could win it on Sunday. So that's uh, you know, pretty telling. And, and now he gets to come into an event with less people. I know Brooks has said it in the past and showed his teeth at majors and, and got the job done against saying he's really only up against half the field. Like DJ is really up against like five guys here in as far as talent goes. So uh, if he can just beat those guys, he probably wins the tournament. So I do like DJ quite a bit. All right, it looks like it's going to be it. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find me also on GupsCorner.com. They're doing the March to the Masters here. Lots of cool promos uh, that are going to be out to save you some bucks. And, of course, membership includes all sports. The PGA tools are going to be sick. The new website comes out March 1st. It's going to be disgusting. It's going to be really, really nice. Uh, You guys need to go check that out. Check my Twitter feed for all the promos. Tambo. Yeah, find me on Twitter at Toteg and Tambo. Hit me up there if you guys have any questions. Doing some stuff over at Roto Grinders in their Discord as well. So you guys can find me there. Same tag. Uh, doing the Tuesday show, Wednesday show. Basically going through everything for you guys as far as that's concerned. Other than that, rotogrinders.com slash DGen. Get yourself 10 bucks off your first month. All right, we got another big boy field. And, of course, that no one knows about. So everyone's on the, a level playing field. We're really looking forward to this week. Let's win some motherfucking money. DGen Nation. Ferda. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 